Hello, everybody, and welcome to On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction. I'm blessed to be your facilitator, Vincent T. Edwards, Mr. Speaker. And today, we're going to continue with the seven last sayings of Christ while he was on the cross. When we open up the discussion today, please keep your questions related to today's topic. And please visit the bishop's website at robertgrudolph.org, robertgrudolph.org. For those of you who are in the clubhouse room where we're actually doing the recording, the website is pinned to the top so you can peruse the website during this broadcast. Please share this broadcast, this podcast with your family, your friends, your coworkers. It's also available on the, the Apple podcast platform, please share it because it will definitely help you in your spiritual walk. And I will tell you, I have been able to grow listening to the teachings of Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. Today, we're going to continue with the second of the last seven sayings of Christ today, the one that revolves around salvation. With that being said, Bishop Rudolph, it is so good to be here with you. How are you doing today, my brother in Christ? Pastor Edwards, I am doing fine, and I hope you're doing well, and I hope the listeners are doing great on this beautiful day. Oh, most definitely. This one is a good one, this second saying when he deals with that thief on the cross. So please open us up with a prayer on today, and then just take us directly into the teaching. God of ages past, God of years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, particularly during this Lenten season. Father, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. 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 Bishop, you know, this is one of the the, the scenes that we talk about a lot, Jesus with the thief on the cross, help us to understand the significance of what transpired during this time. Well, Mr. Speaker, this is a very powerful portion of scripture that is found in the gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. And for all of the listeners, I ask that you would just open your Bibles and go with us to the gospel according to St. Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. And I'd like to read that scripture in its entirety or scriptures in its entirety and then begin the discussion on today. Luke 23, verse 39 through 43 says this. And one of the malefactors which were hanged roused on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God? seeing thou art in the same same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. Beautiful scripture, beautiful story. As we all know, this is when Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, and it was the second of the seven last sayings of the cross of of Jesus while he was on the cross of Calvary. And I want to give 
just a little bit of background on all of this. Very interesting scripture. First of all, the Bible does not give any credence to these thieves other than the fact that they are thieves or malefactors on the cross. Doesn't mention the name, doesn't give anything about their background, doesn't see doesn't even say why they were on the cross with Jesus. We just know that they were there because they did something wrong. And somewhere, somewhere while they were on the cross of Calvary, one of the malefactors who was on one side of Jesus began to sarcastically talk to Jesus and very disrespectfully talk to Jesus. He uh, said that if you be the Christ, if you are who you say you are, wow, why don't you save yourself? And while you're at it, why don't you save us? Now, I don't know if that man had a desperate cry for help or he might have been even sarcastic while he was doing it. But the statement was made and it was somewhat of a disrespectful statement from a dying man. But however, he made it while you if you're the Christ, while you are on this cross, why don't you save yourself? And while you're at it, save us. Very sarcastic, very disrespectful. That's the first thing that was said while the three of them were on the cross uh, separately, but still on the cross around about the same, or they were on the cross at the same time. I, I don't know what condition he was in other than the fact that he was about to die and he did not want to die, but he was disrespectful. It came across being very disrespectful. It came across being sarcastic. And when he finished his statement, Jesus didn't answer that man, didn't say anything, didn't even respond to what he said. But the other thief that was on the other side of Jesus, he rebuked that gentleman. Now, both of these men are criminals. Both of these men have done something wrong, but one of them was rebuking the other for doing something to Jesus that he did not appreciate. And he said to him, look, man, and I'm just paraphrasing this. Look, we are here because we did something wrong. We are here because we messed up and we deserve this. We are being justly punished for what we did. But this man didn't do anything. He said that we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man have done nothing amiss. So that tells me something about this second person who was on the cross, the second malefactor on the cross. Obviously, he had watched Jesus from afar. Obviously, he had seen some of the things and and more than likely he heard what people were saying that in actuality Jesus didn't do what they said he did. He did nothing wrong. And so why should he be here? So he came to the rescue of Jesus. If anybody needed to rescue Jesus, I don't I don't think there's a person that really needs to, but in his way, he was saying to the other gentleman, don't even make fun. This this is this is not even funny. And so he turned to Jesus and he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He didn't ask Jesus to be placed on the right or the left. He didn't ask Jesus for a prominent place in his kingdom. He didn't even ask Jesus riches or gold or anything for the family that was being left behind. 
But he said, when you get into your kingdom, when you come into your kingdom, I want you to remember me. And in a split second, Jesus, I can just see Jesus looking at this gentleman. Jesus was holding his head down, suffering, going through anguish and going through pain. And even when the first malefactor said something against him, he didn't respond, didn't probably didn't even look his way. But when the second man came to his rescue and said he has nothing, he, he did nothing wrong, but he's here. And he turned to him and he said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. I can visualize Jesus being on the cross of Calvary, looking up and looking at the man and so many words saying, you don't even know what you just did. Jesus said, when I come into my kingdom this day, not tomorrow, not next week, not some other time in, in the indefinite future, but today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Oh, it's powerful. It's powerful because we see that this gentleman, he recognized Jesus and he respected Jesus and his position. And then he asked for help. He was at his wit's end. If you've ever heard of a deathbed confession, this is a deathbed confession. He was at his wit's end, but he had enough sense. He had enough right in him to ask for forgiveness and ask to be remembered. To me, that's a powerful beginning to this story, Mr. Speaker. And here when we look at this, we see salvation, a person being forgiven of their sins, which I'm going I'm going to throw this one out here. So it's, it's a deep question because, you know, I, I grew up in the church and we, we used to have terrorist services and all these different services and calling on the name of the Lord all this long, long time. But here on the cross, we see that it didn't take all of that. And what I'm seeing here is all it takes is a repentant heart and saying, I am a sinner. Lord, save me. It is just that simple to be saved, Bishop. It is just that simple. You are correct. Absolutely correct. A lot of times we put more into it than what it really is, because the Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth your sins and you will be saved. That's it. And that's what this man did. Now, should he had lived for Jesus Christ while he was able to? Maybe. Should he have been a follower of Jesus? Maybe. And who's to say that he wasn't a follower? Who's to say that he did not follow Jesus? He just got caught up in doing some things he probably had no business doing. Could he have done things better? Yes. We all look back on our lives and we say that we could have done things better. We could have made our paths better. But this man, before he died, he came to grips with what he did, which was wrong. And he turned to the Savior and he asked him to forgive him and he asked him to remember him. To me, that's so powerful because he didn't ask for anything else other than to be remembered. And Jesus responded by saying, this day, you're going to be with me in paradise. And literally, literally, he was saved just because of that brief second. I want everybody to understand that we cannot down people. We cannot say who is not saved or who is not delivered because we don't know what somebody, 
what kind of conversation they had with Jesus before they left this earth. And that's why we have to be very careful when we judge people, because we have to be careful in being judgmental toward people. And he got it right. So that was the thing that really got my attention is that he got his life together and asked God for deliverance before it was too late. And I'm glad he did. Me too. And that this story, this this example is, is really, really something that people can latch on and to hold on to because we talk about believing. This man in his statement believed who Jesus was. He you know, believed in his innocence. He did nothing wrong. And then he said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. That shows that he understood that there was a life after death, that you were going to spend it somewhere. And because this man was God himself, he said, when you get to your place, just remember me. And what I like here, Bishop, not only was he remembered because we talking about him right now. He was always remembered, mm -hmm. but he's also yes. in heaven right now. So I, I just see it. He got a double blessing. He got one. He didn't ask for. He said, remember me. But then he got the blessing of, no, I'm not just going to remember you. You're going to be with me in paradise forever. That exactly. is wonderful. Exactly. I, I think it's good. Now, 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 mind you, I want to say this to our listeners. No one wants to do a last minute, a last minute situation where you're asking God at the last thing. I, I, I don't think anybody uh, would want to do that like that. And I'm not encouraging anybody to live their lives until they come to a deathbed situation because you don't know if you'll you don't know if you'll go in your sleep. You don't know if you'll even have an opportunity to be in your right mind uh, when that time comes. You don't know what's going to happen. So it's best to get that life and to get that salvation situation together before you even get out of here. But it's just good to know that at the last minute, this man did everything else in his life, and he was on the cross. He was dying for what he had done, but did have enough unction to say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want anybody to procrastinate, but it's just powerful to know that he was saved at death's door. And that that's just powerful. I don't want anybody to delay. I don't want to put you in that situation, but he, he was saved. He God delivered him and accepted him. In his kingdom, he didn't ask anything about him, didn't ask anything about his background, his pedigree, didn't ask him even if he believed in him or not. Jesus just said, you're going to be with me in paradise. And that was it. This is excellent, Bishop. And it shows something else that God gives you an opportunity. It may not be on your deathbed, but here we can see God, even up until the last God is saying, whosoever will let him come. We don't exactly. want you to wait until the end, but you can see here that this man, he may have been given other opportunities throughout his life, but God is always giving you an opportunity to respond. The day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. And today we're saying, don't wait until it's too late. But here I see God gives everybody an opportunity. Even the other thief had an opportunity, Bishop, but it's up to us yes, to realize who Jesus is and to take that opportunity. You're absolutely correct, sir. And, and I, uh, I think that this is a very powerful story because it shows us that Jesus, even while he was on the cross, even while he was in anguish and in pain, he still had enough time for a soul. And I want us to be the very same way. Sometimes we go to church and we pass up 
the church in the street for the physical building of the church. We pass up people. And what we don't realize is that those people need God just like we need God. And so sometimes we have to stop. And you know how we stop and smell the roses? Well, sometimes we need to stop and count the souls and do things for those people who really need us. And this was the case with this gentleman. Jesus was on the cross. He had preached and taught and did miracles and did all of these wonderful things. And at the last moment, while he was in a weakened state, he still forgave this man. So let us take time to forgive other people and let us take time to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to them as well. That is an extraordinary insight, Bishop. I'm sitting here like, wow, even at his lowest point, he was still concerned about the soul of a man of his yes, creation. And that's just powerful. When we have church and we talk about evangelism and outreach, we should always, we have the saying, it's all about souls, but this here says it's all about souls. No matter how I feel, no matter how I'm hurting, I always got to be prepared to give somebody a word because I could be the last point of contact that they see before they meet judgment. Right. And, and then at that point, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? You are so saved, so sanctimonious, so holy that you couldn't take the time to just speak to somebody. And then while you're in your rush, can you take time to stop and know that something is wrong, that somebody might need a prayer? Somebody just might need some help. To me, that's that's a point that we really need to be careful of. Don't get so caught up and so busy that we forget what church is really about. It's about saving people. It's about reaching people where they are, not where you are, but reaching people where they are so that you can bring them to another level, if need be. To me, that is the example of what Jesus did with this man on the cross of Calvary. It's all about souls, concept of salvation, being able to present the gospel, caring for individuals. This shows without a doubt, Bishop, that we must keep the Great Commission, no matter how we feel. Uh, go ye therefore. Jesus was going while he was going down on the cross. He was still concerned. At this time, I'd like to open the floor. If anyone has a question for Bishop Rudolph on today, please raise your hand and I'll bring you to the floor. Well, all right. It looks like they've, they've gathered a lot of information and insight today on this saying, this day you will be with me in paradise. Bishop, close us out in summary today. Brothers and sisters, this is a very powerful scripture, a very powerful story. And it shows the humanity of Jesus. It shows the humanity of Jesus and how kind and compassionate he was. That even when he was dying, somewhere between life and death, he stopped long enough just to tell this gentleman that today, not tomorrow, not when we all rise in that resurrection morning, but today, right now, today, as a matter of fact, in just a few hours, I'm going to remember you. You will be with me in paradise. And for all of the pain that he went through on the cross, that confession and the acceptance and deliverance of this man who was on the cross with him was so powerful. 
let's not forget what's most important. Let's not major in the minor things and minor in the major things. Let's make sure that along life's highway, we're able to do the right thing. And I hope and pray that all of us, each and every one of us, really understand that on today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, for how good you have been and how helpful you have been to each and every one of us. Lord, thank you for this word on this podcast on today. And thank you, Lord, for the story of the gentleman on the cross who really had no hope. He had no opportunity. He had nothing at this point. There was nothing he could do other than to ask for your forgiveness. And you gave it to him and gave him a very powerful, a very powerful sense of ability. God, I bless you and I appreciate you. And Lord, help us to give salvation to everyone out there. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Help us to live for you now so we won't be in this type of situation. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for the thief that you saved while he was on the cross of the cross there with you at Calvary. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And I want to thank everyone for listening to Bishop Rudolph's teaching on today. You've been listening to On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction.